Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Portions of the Orders Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. You know, when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Dreisaitl, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Arthur Platt. This is Malala. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. The heart is a blue. Beautiful day if you're a fan of sports. A lot going on in sports today. From a hockey standpoint, we're getting closer to the draft free agency with the World Cup officially underway. You have the U.S. Open taking place right now in Shinnecock or at Shinnecock. And of course, the Edmonton Eskimos beginning their season tonight on the road in Winnipeg. The Eskimos hoping to be playing in the Grey Cup game in Edmonton later on. In the season, it all begins tonight, though, for the green and gold. And we'll talk about that game with uh, play-by-play host of the Eskimos, Morley Scott, at 135. Bob Stoffer is attending Claire Drake's memorial celebration of his life today over at the U of A. He will join us here very shortly to set that one up. We also have Louis DeBrusque, our regular Thursday contributor, at 1235. And at 105, Brian Lawton will join us from the NHL Network, former NHL player, GM and agent, one of the most dialed-in media guys out there right now. He'll join us at 105. Oilers Now, as always, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Ched uses Digitex for their copiers and printers, and the service is excellent. They now sell supplies for all brands of printers at bigsavingsdigitexsupplies.ca. Hugh Porter. Quiet. Very, very quiet right now after losing the big bet to Bob Stoffer and I with the Washington Capitals winning the Stanley Cup. He owes us a night on the town. I'm waiting to see when the night will be. I can't wait for that. Hopefully not this weekend, though, because I'll be out of, out of town for a wedding, but uh, hopefully maybe the weekend after. 
you will uh, hook us up as the Capitals won the Stanley Cup, and I'm still uh, feeling pretty, pretty good after uh, the Capitals got it done over Vegas. Oilers now, as always, you can call us throughout the show on our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. They have Blood, Sweat, and Tears featuring Bo Bice on June 29th. You can text us 630-630. Brought to you by Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now, at Bob underscore Stoffer at Brendan Ulrich, Dustin Kaufman behind the glass today as well. Dustin, give us uh, your Twitter handle again. At Dustin Kaufman, at Dustin C, the number zero, FFMAN. Beautiful. And every Tuesday in Oilers Now, Stoffer Inspector, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta, live racing at Northlands this Saturday. Now, we are going to uh, get to Hockey Talk here in a second, but there is a lot going on. Russia at the World Cup today. A 5-0 victory over Saudi Arabia, proving, uh, well, they had something to prove today. Of course, the World Cup is taking place in Russia. They look pretty good. A lot of people counting them out, but you never know. With the home crowd on their side, maybe they can do some damage. They look good today. Bit of a statement to open up the tournament. I picked Germany to win. Bob picked France. Can't wait to see this thing uh, play out. Now, I know Bob talks about soccer a lot on this show, and I occasionally bug him about it because I'm not a huge soccer guy. But when the World Cup comes around, I get excited. I love this tournament. Maybe it's because Germany's really good, and I cheer for Germany. I am German, so I get excited about that. But also, you have an excuse to wake up at 9 a.m., go to the bar, drink some beer, watch some soccer on a Saturday, or maybe during the week if you're off. It's a, it's a fun time, so an excuse to do that. So we will be talking a little bit about soccer and, uh, you know, the World Cup uh, on Oilers now because Bob is a big soccer guy uh, as this tournament plays out. The U.S. Open as well. Shinnecock uh, and the wins right now doing a number on these golfers. It's crazy to watch them struggle. I couldn't imagine what I would shoot at this course in these conditions. It would be pretty ugly, and it's pretty ugly for the likes of uh, Jordan Spieth today. He's at, I believe, nine over. Um, so... You know, we'll see what happens here if the weather gets any better. But uh, the leader, the leaders right now are one under at the U.S. Open. The Eskimos banged up secondary heading into uh, Winnipeg tonight. But I think the Eskimos offense will prevail and, and help them uh, win this game. Of course, Darius Bowman with the Blue Bombers playing against the Eskimos for the first time. It should be a fun game. We'll set that up later with uh, Morley Scott. What else is going on? It seems like every day there's a new uh, Lucic uh, rumor out there. And here's the thing. I think uh, things are getting a little bit wacky. I need to jump in on this. I know Bob and I have been discussing the Lucic uh, situation for a number of days here on Oilers now. But right now we're, we're starting to hear things like, okay, the Oilers can just, you know, toss in a player like Poli RV to get rid of a Lucic uh, contract. Are you serious right now? Like, let's look at the Oilers' wingers, first of all. I'll, I'll say this. It seems like there maybe is some smoke here, so there is a chance that Lucic does get moved. But I wouldn't be moving him just to move his contract if it means throwing in a guy like Poliarby. The Oilers' wingers, after Lucic, of course, you have Nugent Hopkins, who is a center playing the wing. Then you have a bunch of question marks. We're talking Ty Ratty, Aberg, 
Kajula, Yamamoto, Poliarvi, Kara, but maybe he plays center. You have Cassian. So you list those names, not a lot of top six options there right out the, the gate. Now, of course, as the season moves along, some of those guys have something to prove. Maybe they can prove to be top six wingers. I think ideally you'd like Lucic on your third line. I'm not as sold as uh, most that he's going to come back and have a great season next year. I think he can be better. How much better? I don't know. I don't know if he can be any worse. But at the same time, I think he's still a useful player for the Oilers. And if we're talking about trading him and just throwing in a Pugliarvi to to get rid of him, then count me out. Because there are a lot of question marks on the wings. And if you're just going to throw in Pugliarvi as well, then you're likely looking at two of Yamamoto, Aberg, Kajula, Ratty in your top six. And to me, that means the Oilers won't be good enough to make the playoffs. So, to be honest, I think at this point, unless you can, uh, you know, get a huge piece back, and we're talking a bigger deal here, if you're maybe adding in a guy like Poliarvi with Lucic, and you get a really solid piece, maybe a proven winger, to help a, a dry settler or McDavid on the wing, then maybe... But I'd be very hesitant to move a Poliarvi right now with his value being low. We don't really know what he's going to be. That, to me, could backfire big time for the Oilers moving forward. And, of course, this is all just speculation talk. I know it's uh, the summer, and uh, this is when all the uh, crazy talk starts, all the rumors ahead of the draft, ahead of free agency. But really, let's not get carried away here and start talking about just throwing in the 10th overall pick, our Poli RV, our Yamamoto, just to get rid of a Lucic contract. So we'll talk more about that with Bob Stoffer after a quick timeout here on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bod Stoffer on 6:30. Chet. All right, it's 12:17 in Edmonton. Brennan Ulrich with you here on Oilers Now in for Bob Stoffer. Bob is uh, getting set for the celebration of life of former Golden Bears hockey head coach Claire Drake. That is taking place today at 1:30 over at the U of A. And uh, we bring aboard Bob right now. Bob, of course, uh, you're very fond of Claire, as are a lot of people in uh, the hockey world. Um, he's impacted a lot of people along the way, and uh, it's safe to, to say, you know, everyone's going to come together today and, uh, you know, celebrate, remember, and honor the life of Claire Drake. Well, it is a celebration of life uh, when somebody has that type of life. And, you know, he was a tremendous person. I'll, I'll be honest, uh, I started doing the play-by-play of the Bears in 89, and he just left and gone to the Winnipeg Jets. But then uh, he was always around the program after that year at the Jets. And I know that uh, I recall being at the 92 uh, conference final against Regina, and I had him on during an intermission. And the Bears had gotten a tremendous goaltending performance from Derek Shabunk in one game one. Regina was a loaded team. They had six guys uh out of the Western Hockey League with 35-plus goal seasons. Uh, a couple guys were 50-goal scorers in the WHL, and Alberta swept them in two straight. And I remember Santa Clara, well, Alberta's got them 
you know, they'd won game one and they're up uh, one nothing here in game two. And uh, the Golden Bears got Regina right where they want him. And he cooled my jets a bit, and, uh, had some fun with me. But uh, no, he was a terrific guy. Um, always around the program, supported coaches. He shared as much as, uh, you know, he's seen as, um, you know, strong technical influence for the, the pressure style of game that the Bears played, right? I mean, that really stemmed from him. He was one of the first guys to move out of a static box and, and pressure uh, teams when, when they had a power play with, it, with his BK units. Um, I'd say he's 20 to 30 years ahead of his time. Um, you know, when Ken Hitchcock and Mike Babcock and people like that speak on behalf of uh, Claire Drake, uh, to, to help get him enshrined in the Hockey Hall of Fame that, that illustrates uh, the impact that he had on the game. But the other part of it is it, it was the human impact and the personal impact because he was very sharing. He uh, treated people uh, uh, really well, even if you were a young, dumb kid that thought you knew a lot more about hockey at that age than you really did. Um, and, and he was, you know, again, and I think he sent a template uh, in terms of the expectation level for how those players at that program conducted themselves. And that's that's the other thing. Like, they didn't want him. He engendered so much uh, passion from his players that they didn't want to let him down. And that's how he got the most out of him. He wasn't a yeller and screamer. Um, but he uh, certainly had a tremendous impact in hockey in this country. I think more than a lot of people realize. Uh, I, I think people that, are, that have deep intrinsic roots in the hockey community in Western Canada, they get it, but maybe some that are sort of casual fans or don't know a lot about sort of uh, the the history of uh, of the evolution of coaching and how it's moved from a you know coaches often were former players and and all coaches played at some level, Brendan. But you know, for a while, you, like you didn't get a coach in in, uh, in pro at the top levels unless you were a player, and he 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 was sort of the forerunner to the teacher coach and. It's hard to believe he was an Edmonton Oilers coach too, and that didn't last very long because those guys in the WHA they weren't ready to be educated. That's that wasn't the culture in the sport at that time. We've come a long way. So uh, Claire did some tremendous things. I mean, one of his greatest accomplishments. I I, I love bringing this up with uh, specifically American guys. In 1967-68, he had a pretty good year because he uh, coached the Golden Bear football team to a Vanier Cup championship in the fall. And then the Golden Bear hockey team won the national championship in hockey in in, uh, in the spring that year. I mean, that is about as amazing of an accomplishment as you can ever have. So when I tell American guys, oh, how good of a coach was he? He won a national title in football and in hockey in the same calendar year. Uh, that, that tells you a lot. So, uh, you know, his uh, grandson, Mike Gavinette, is now the head coach in Nebraska-Omaha. Uh, you know, I, for people like Bill Morris, it's been so much time with Claire over the years, uh, it, it, you know, and all those other people that were close to uh, the Golden Bears program. It's going to be a, a bittersweet day today. Well, you mentioned Bill. We had him on the show after the news of the passing. I believe Ken Hitchcock, Tom Rennie will also be in attendance today, so it should be a, quite the celebration. But uh, I'm here in the studio. Bob, wish I could be out there, but I, I have some business to take care of on the show today. And uh, there is a lot going on in the sporting world today. Maybe we'll hit on that in a second, but it seems like every day another crazy I'm along Lucci's rumor you know, starts to uh, be talked about or just speculated about. And we haven't heard anything from Lucic's camp or from Shirelli up to this point. So we're still playing the guessing game, I guess. 
But when it comes to some of these ideas being thrown out, the latest idea being, oh, I'll just throw in Polyarvi into a deal to try and uh, maybe, you know, move Lucic to Carolina. I believe this is speculation, but we can sort of piggyback off it. I would say be very, very careful. I mean, the others don't have a lot of wingers to begin with. Now we're talking about throwing in a Polyarvi just to get rid of uh, Lucic's contract. Wouldn't you just rather keep both those guys? Uh, yeah, unless the deal's right, I would rather keep uh, Milan Lucic. And, you know, we, we the census has really accelerated in large part because of 31 thoughts with Elliot Friedman. Uh, and that came uh, on, on Sunday. Um, I'm still of the belief, again, we have not, as you mentioned, we have not heard from Peter Shirelli. We have not heard from Jerry Johansson. Uh, Jerry is not an agent to sit there and, and uh, bang and scream and kick and whine and complain and throw organizations under the bus. Uh, he has subtle ways to, uh, uh, you know, to try to execute things. Uh, what I will tell you is Milan had a bad season and Jerry's the type of agent that'd be the first to admit that on behalf of his client. And he wouldn't blame the organization. He'd sit there and say his player, his client needs to be a lot better. If we know that Milan needs to be a lot better and we think it's unlikely, unlikely that there'd be a repeat of a one goal stretch over 46 games, um, you know, it's certainly an option to sit there, have him come back here and see what he can do, see if he can get his game going. And the other thing is, when teams go bad, situations become magnified and players get frustrated. Conversely, if a team gets off to a good start next year, and maybe Luch is part of that theoretically, uh, you know, maybe away we go here and suddenly perceptions and attitudes change. So, we don't even know 100%. Like, I, you know, some people say, well, where there's smoke, there's fire, but we've had no official verification. Could he be traded? Yes. Uh, could he also be with the team at the start of the season? Strong possibility that occurs as well. And uh, I don't think you need to top off a sweetener on the level of a Yesa Pugliarvi to move Milan out. Um, so I would say you might, you know, theoretically, if you're looking for teams, that might make sense. I, I think, number one, they probably have to be good teams. And maybe they're good teams that got pushed around a bit in the playoffs. So they're close because a player like Milan might help get them over the top. Those might be the type of teams that might make sense. Well, you know what? Edmonton appeared to be one of those teams a year ago. And that's another reason why you have to be very cautious before you move too quickly. Well, you mentioned not hearing from Shirelli. Bob, maybe we'll get some clarity uh, if he does speak to the media prior to uh, the draft as uh, you get set to head out to Dallas next week. Uh, but speaking of the draft, I know on Oilers TV, uh, you guys have done a two-part mock draft series, and uh, you did the first nine picks. Gene Principe was aboard as well, along with uh, yourself and Jack. And uh, three different picks, I guess, at number 10 here for the Oilers. Uh, Gene went with Boquist. Jack says he likes Barrett Heighton, and uh, you went with Ty Smith, but you also mentioned Kratsov as well as being a guy the Oilers may consider. So... Clearly, it all depends on who's there, but it's interesting to see, uh, you know, three or four different names potentially in the mix here. Yeah, and I was operating under the assumption that the following nine players would be gone and not necessarily in this order. So Rasmus Dahlin of, Gen- or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Andrei Svechnikov, uh, and again, not necessarily in this order, Zadina, Kachuk, Dobson, Bouchard, that gets us to six, uh, Hughes to seven, and then Wallstrom and Cockney So those nine in my in my world would have been gone. Uh, I think that the Oilers 
you know, have to look at Kravtsov and get some more information. I'm not, you know, I've I've already said on Twitter my pick would be Ty Smith at ten. That would be my pick at ten under the assumption that the other nine would be gone. Jack went with Hayton. I'd be equally understandable if that was the pick as well with Hayton. Uh, there, you know, Hayton's a very intelligent player. He's got some skill. He's not as thick and as physical as a guy like Bo Horvat in London, but a similar scenario in which he was buried in the lineup in Sault Ste. Marie, much like Horvat was in Van, uh, in. Uh, London in his draft year. Uh, I think that Hayton's a, a real good option down the middle. And Smith, for me, uh, you know, it's not close in terms of, you know, like he outscored Provorov in his draft year. Uh, you know, so keep that in mind. Uh, I think he's a different type of player. Um, one of the challenges that Smith's had is he hasn't knocked it out of the park at an international level yet, and that's got some guys scared. But I think he's really smart. Uh, he's got hockey sense. He's competitive, and he can skate. And I think that his temperament, demeanor, his intelligence uh, would make him a real good fit. And I, I think he could be along the lines of a Josh Morrissey, who this year in the playoffs looked pretty good for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, in terms of Boquist, I'm concerned about his ability to defend. He's also had wrist and uh, uh, you know concussion issues. So that's part of the reason why I kind of moved off him. And then again, the wild cards crops off. I simply don't know enough about him. He had a tremendous playoff uh, in the uh, KHL, but again, I Jack went with uh, Hayton, and I, I, I would go with Smith, and I'd be happy with either guy. Well, Bob, we'll talk more about the draft uh, throughout the weekend uh, today on Oilers now, but it is a, a big day uh, in the world of sports. Of course, the Eskimos kicking off their season tonight. You have the U.S. Yeah. Open going on in golf, at the World Cup officially underway. So much going on in uh, the world of sports. I know you picked France to win the World Cup. I went with Germany and Russia earlier today opening things up. I don't think they have a chance at, at winning this thing, but they weren't messing around in their in their opening game, a 5 nothing win over uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that was... Uh quite the performance and man were the streets in russia ever ever quiet uh some good photos out of there a good start obviously it's still you know when you think about it it's flabbergasting to think that canada is going to be hosting 2026 uh, they got a lot of work to do in the development side brennan we've talked a lot about soccer over the last couple of years in letters now well you have uh, i do think <laughs> i i have and, yeah uh, i i I think you're going to be talking about it more in the future because, uh, you know, by the time that you're 36, 37, uh, there is a distinct, I just hope they stay true to the words and we get games at Commonwealth Stadium. And, uh, but Canada's going to have to do a lot of work on the development side to improve to the point where they could be a competitive team at the, uh, at the World Cup. They're expanding the size of the tournament and, uh, it's going to be an electrifying experience. And I think it could, it could be the start of something. Uh, you know, Canada's always, you know, I go back to 1986. I know Reed Wilkins on Inside Sports, uh, the former captain of Team Canada, uh, Bruce Wilson on. Uh, that team didn't even score a goal, I think, at the World Cup in 86. But, uh, and, and there was a time Canada was actually better than the U.S. That's not even close. I know we bumped in all the U.S. people when we were down in Carolina. They were at the same hotel as us. And they're gone through a bit of a paradigm shift, too. They got an interim head coach. Uh, Dave uh, Sargent, who's I think he's 64, so they're gonna he is interim because they're gonna go get somebody. Uh, and they'll get a quality, high-profile coach now that the Americans are part of the host bid on that United front in 2026. Should be a kicker. So lots to talk about. The Eskimos get it going tonight as well, and uh, they don't get uh, Matt Nichols. So uh, Winnipeg's been a tough place to win, but I'm expecting Edmonton to get it done tonight. 
Yes, the countdown to kickoff. The Eskimos and Blue Bombers 5.30, or 5 o'clock rather, kickoff at 6.30 from Investors Group Field. 12.30 in Edmonton, we'll take a time out for the news. When we come back, we'll be joined by big Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey and Rogers.